Welcome back to Span in the State. I am Kristen Bry. He's Steve Scafidi. And we are going to talk to Caitlin Shuda, who's going to t- join us to talk about the rural health care crisis and what's being done, what can be done about it. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So you've been covering, when I read your story that was published last week, we it was as much about what happened specifically with the announcement of the HSHS closing of the hospitals in Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls, but you also talked about the bigger crisis that's happening across Wisconsin, not just in that part of the state. So can you kind of summarize how dire the situation is? Yes. Um, so actually, I had kind of had rural health care challenges in my mind for the last maybe two months. Um, I cover mostly uh, business and development news in central Wisconsin. So I was focused a lot on Marshall Clinic Health System announcements. Uh, for example, they had built a brand new hospital in Wisconsin Rapids right next to their current clinic, and that was completed in May and scheduled to open in June. And as of now, that has not opened yet. Uh, so reporting on that, also surgical services through Marshfield Medical Center, River Region, and their Stevens Point campus they suspended their surgical services and moved their patients to other facilities that had better access to more resources and broader spectrum of care. Uh, There was also the announcement that the potential integration between Marshfield Clinic Health System and Essentia Health ended after two years of discussions, and both of those systems also focused on sustainable rural health care. And then also in January, Marshfield Clinic Health System announced it would furlough about 3% of its employees across the network, uh, largely in non-patient themed departments. And then Marshfield Clinic Health System also discontinued oral surgery services uh, by the end of January because of an inability to meet the demand. So then in January also when Purveya Health and HSHS announced that they were leaving Western Wisconsin um, and really focusing their efforts and resources on their facilities in the eastern side of the state. Um, that kind of added to a lot of the the trends that I was seeing. And all of those announcements actually pointed specifically to challenges in providing rural health care. And we're seeing a lot of patients now having to travel further for certain services, longer wait times for some services. And sometimes they're left to find other options elsewhere. Like we're seeing some people looking to travel an hour or more to find some of the surgery, the services that they need. I was going to ask you about options. What other options do they have other than they all have to go to local physicians who are going to be bombarded or take extremely long drives? I, I told the story with Kristen earlier that uh, you know a long time ago we had to travel 45 minutes to get to an emergency uh, room at a hospital. I mean, that is in some ways, life-threatening. Right. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, people having to travel further to get the services that they need, yeah. So in the official statements for what you just listed off, whether it was in Marshfield, the HSHS, the official statement from the healthcare systems typically comes back and saying the challenges to providing healthcare in rural areas. What are those challenges? So we wanted to dive into that just because it was such a broad statement yeah. for all of them to be pointing to. Uh, so I talked to the Wisconsin Hospital Association, and then I did some supplemental research into some statistics and, and papers and things. 
and then also talked with Marshfield Clinic Health System about what those specifically were. So I learned that part of that is an aging population. Uh, rural communities have older populations, more residents 65 years and older than you would find in urban areas. And rural Americans are generally older and they suffer higher rates of obesity, chronic disease, and mental health issues and have less access to primary and specialty care services than in rural in urban areas. Um, another issue is that the funding system um, has issues that the healthcare systems are spending money in the front end to care for the patients and then they're getting reimbursed from um, health insurance companies and programs. And rural areas have a higher percentage of patients on Medicare and Medicaid, uh, largely because of age. And Medicare and Medicaid reimburse at lower rates, um, and then the health systems are absorbing that difference. So Medicare or Medicaid reimbursement rates in Wisconsin average about 65%, while the national average for Medicaid reimbursement is about 89%. Why do we think that is? Why, why that difference? That's pretty substantial. It is. I am not, I didn't dive into that specifically, but I think it is, it depends on the state and how they, um, they negotiate that rate. I wonder if it's regulation. I, I'm also curious about what else are the providers saying? Obviously, cost-cutting is a, is a commonly used term for any private or public organization now. We're always trying to, they say, be more efficient with our with our spending. But when you come to a, a situation where you're, you're providing life-critical services in healthcare, I think that's got to, there has to be some sort of civic responsibility. Is that ever talked about? A little bit. They talked about how rural healthcare systems, especially, uh, they generally care for all, all people, um, including non-insured, and then the Medicare and Medicaid, where other for-profit hospitals or privately owned companies have a little more um, say in who they will and will not cover, including um, turning away patients with no health insurance or Medicare or Medicaid. Is part of the problem also worker shortages? I know that there was there's a new task force from the governor as far as trying to train up more healthcare workers is that for people to specifically work in more rural areas? Um, yeah. One of the issues um, that I'm seeing is that two thirds of communities with a shortage of primary care workers in rural areas are in, um, are in rural areas as of September, 2022 was that data. Um, we're also dealing with the silver tsunami, which is the baby boomer generation getting into the age of retirement. And so that is going to be seen for the next decade or so as they continue to retire. And that work, that worker shortage is hitting the healthcare industry a little differently than, than other industries as those people are retiring, but also requiring more medical services at the same time. So you're seeing people uh, leaving that industry, but also a higher demand as that happens. The silver tsunami, that's actually the first time I've heard that. I'm sure it's been said before, but... I'm in the silver tsunami. I know, so you're going to retire in the next home to, couple of years, yeah, I imagine. close to home. Well, when we come back, with knowing that, knowing specifically Wisconsin is an above average older state as far as our population goes, so we need to figure this out. We need to come up with a solution. So when we come back, I would love to talk to you about what is happening as far as what we can is being done, what could be done. Our guest is Caitlin Shuda, who is a USA Today streetwise reporter for Central Wisconsin. This is Spanning the State. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Spanning the State. I am Kristen Bry, along with Steve Scafidi, and we are talking to Caitlin Shuda, who is a USA Today Streetwise reporter in central Wisconsin on her recent reporting for, on the rural health care crisis across Wisconsin. And so, Caitlin, getting into the with the last couple of minutes that we have you, what is being done? I think there's been a lot of alarms raised with the most recent announcement of the, the closings in Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls. So what is already in motion to try to alleviate some of the pain that this is going to cause? So some smaller clinics are expanding in the Chippewa Valley to kind of address those issues. Um, and then Marshfield Clinic Health System and Aspirus Health also recently announced plans to expand their services in the Chippewa Valley just to kind of bridge that gap as HSHS and Prevea are closing in those communities. And so there was also a pair of bills about reallocating 50, like $15 million grants. Is that something that's more of a Band-Aid, or is that something that maybe in the next budget cycle could be money that continues to go to that area? I think at this point it's a little bit of a Band-Aid. Um, those legislative efforts right now, the Chippewa Valley lawmakers are aiming to repurpose $15 million dollars um, in non-unused funds uh, to go towards a grant to support emergency services to kind of fill that gap. Um, so kind of as, as these other health systems and clinics are kind of rising to meet that need, um, that would kind of have a little bridge uh, in order to support that financially. And Caitlin, this might be outside the scope of your reporting. Is the state legislature from Wisconsin, are they paying attention to this problem? I believe so. I have seen a few efforts to expand Medicaid and to increase reimbursement rates to stabilize healthcare systems as well. And so what are the bigger, bigger ideas of what could actually solve this? Because largely what this is, is the fact that, as Steve has said before, there is a private healthcare system that needs to be able to pay its bills, keep its lights on and needs enough clientele who is paying enough to, to be able to do that. So we have a bit of a free market problem here. So what is the big big picture solutions of how we continue to provide health care to so many people just and not neglect them of that just because based on where they live? So the hospital, uh, Wisconsin Hospital Association uh, made it a point to, in, in, in solving this issue, it's important to recognize that rural hospitals are really acting as a community safety net. They're offering services like hospice, home care, mental health care, substance abuse services that would not exist in those communities if it were not for those rural hospitals and systems providing that care. Um, but some things could help, like changing some administrative requirements, kind of streamlining that connection and communication between healthcare systems and insurance providers, um, leveraging innovative technology to provide more efficient care, stronger patient connections. Um, removing some regulatory barriers, um, and really the health systems themselves uh, need to think differently to adapt to the changes that they're facing that they haven't had to face before. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Caitlin. This is excellent reporting. I look forward to continuing to follow you as you follow this this crisis as it unfolds. But uh, thank you so much for your time today. And so I, I it's such a big problem. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I think I asked the governmental question because they're going to have to get involved here. We can't have areas of the state that aren't served by hospitals that are missing, have a missing piece of, of life-saving critical care. That just that can't be allowed to happen. Well, and also because this is another topic I want to get at but maybe about a month from now is the fact is, as we have the silver tsunami, as Caitlin said, is also the amount of people 
we'll say graduating into long-term assisted living and those understaffed and needing to really have that uh, figured out. It's as well. not going to get better. It's going to get worse. It's definitely it not going to get better. Study Unlimited, WTMJ News Time is 2.30. ABC News and local headlines are next. This is Spanning the State with Kristen Bray.